a Bitcoin. Yeah. is up bitcoiners it is your boy ck and i just got off with erica rhodes she is a teacher in california and she is running against brad sherman the congressman who is notoriously anti-bitcoin and obviously understands bitcoin and is against it despite understanding bitcoin he is one of those people that he is just part of the fiat system and he cannot see beyond it and he wants to perpetuate that fiat system despite what his constituents think erica she has been walking around talking on the streets to her real constituents to the youth and every single person that she has spoken to that is a part of her district about bitcoin is interested in it excited in it and many of them have actually been helped by bitcoin in a very legitimate very safe very part of normal society way erica is passionate about financial literacy she's passionate about teaching the youth setting them up for making better decisions she said win is what she wants she wants to be a public servant and she wants to represent bitcoin we got her accepting bitcoin and guys erica is awesome you can feel the passion you can feel the authenticity and guys i think it's a win-win for bitcoiners to support erica learn more about erica go check out her website it's going to be in the show notes she plugs it at the end of the episode but listen to this podcast there are a lot of public servants a lot of politicians who are starting to understand how bitcoin can help their constituents how bitcoin is good for their country for their state for their city and they are jumping right in and it's awesome to hear erica a passionate and authentic person seeing the value in bitcoin and standing up to brad sherman and the bankers enjoy this pod with erica bitcoiners i am sitting across from a very interesting person in the bitcoin space someone who is rising up against kind of a nemesis of bitcoiners brad sherman i have erica rhodes Erica just today published an incredible article on Bitcoin Magazine advocating for financial literacy and why just banning Bitcoin is the antithesis of financial literacy. And ultimately, I think Erica is an example of where Bitcoin is going in the conversation, what kind of people can be enabled by Bitcoin to make change in our society for the better. And I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better on this podcast, Erica. So without further ado, Welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. How's it going? It's amazing. Great day today. Thank you for inviting me. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. And this is Milo in the back. (laughs) Yes. No, perfect little background right there. (laughs) Try not to get distracted. So Erica, why don't you give the Bitcoin Magazine audience the quick five minute intro to who you are, what are you doing running against Brad Sherman and how you got into Bitcoin? Yeah, so my name is Erica Rhodes. I'm an elementary science school teacher. I teach K through sixth grade science this year. And I filed for Congress in 2020. And that was coming off of campaigning for Andrew Yang, who's also a big advocate for the Bitcoin community, as many of you guys already know. But one of the reasons why I supported him was because he was the only candidate to even bring up financial literacy. And I think it's a really, really important topic. And so I had supported him. And then the pandemic happened. A lot of civic unrest happened. I ended up filing against Brad Sherman, who 
is very anti-Bitcoin and our campaign just has really taken off. We're incredibly viable and in a position to win in 2022. And my goal is to be a representative of the people, but more importantly, a public servant. I think that is what's actually missing. And I think that there's like this disconnect of what people care about and what they want and what's actually happening in Washington. So that's a little bit about me. And I guess you'll ask me questions and you guys can all learn more. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that was a great introduction. And I think it shows your values with that introduction and financial literacy educating people so that way they can make their own intelligent decisions is the scalable way to improve society versus I think the attitude of a lot of people on the hill these days, which is like, I know what's best. Listen to me. You don't necessarily need to educate yourself. I'm kind of curious, what's your story going from, I care about financial literacy to there's this interesting thing called Bitcoin and that should be part of what I'm running under. I should make that part of my brand. So my Bitcoin story is quite interesting because it wasn't why I filed. It wasn't like a big part of my campaign, but Brad came out hardcore against Bitcoin and Dennis Porter actually tweeted at me and asked me, hey, what's your stance on Bitcoin? And I did my due diligence, you know, I researched it and I am familiar with cryptocurrencies and all this stuff. And I just felt he was taking such a radical view on this and position on this. And to ban it just seems it's just out of touch. And it's just not a wise thing to be advocating for. And then he had organized an opportunity for me to speak with a lot of influential Bitcoiners. And they were so wonderful. They sat on the Zoom call with me for like almost two hours and answering every single question. And and then I read books and they sent me articles and and I got really excited about it. And then I was like, you know, let me take this to my community and see where my community, my constituents stand on Bitcoin. And almost every single person I talked to actually has invested in Bitcoin. And I thought that was really exciting. Like from single moms, there's like a group of single moms that actually have Bitcoin and, you know, then my barbers and just random people. And I just realized like, oh my God, this is even a worse position when our constituents have a lot of money. Then to come to find out a lot of the young people on my campaign have invested in Bitcoin. They think it's a very important blockchain and Bitcoin is worth learning about. And so that's why I'm very happy to be in support of it. For me, it doesn't matter what party lines you are. We can't stifle innovation. And so I'm really big on that. Like, imagine if we would have stopped the internet from happening. Yeah, I mean, the internet is one of the most successful things that's kept America relevant, right? And imagine if we had this attitude towards the internet. From my understanding, the attitude was the opposite, that Congress made an attempt to make it easier for entrepreneurs to start internet businesses in the U.S. And that was a huge positive, obviously, for us to create all these dominant internet companies on our home soil. And the reality is Bitcoin's not going away. Yeah, just like the internet. It's just like, are Americans going to take advantage of it? Are Californians going to take advantage of it? Like, as a Californian, Erica, I don't think our state is doing the right thing for Bitcoin. Like, I don't think it's doing the right thing for entrepreneurs in general. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for change. Why do you feel that way? I'm in Silicon Valley, and this was once an area where it was a huge advantage to be here. And now it's just like expensive and hostile, right? And there are other places where there are more like-minded, open-minded people willing to do business in a more friendly tax 
friendly, business friendly way. And I think Brad Sherman is just another example of that, you know, like of the problem that is our current representation in California. I feel like there's not enough turnover in general, just because we need fresh faces. Like we need people who have new ideas, who are in touch, because when you're on the Hill for too long, in my opinion, just like a lot of our representatives today, you get used to the Hill and not the streets. And if we walk it back to a deeper level, if you were to look at where his money comes from, I mean, it's very different than where my money comes from. We're leading in individual contributions. We have, you know, more small dollar donations than the incumbent. We don't have money from the big banks and the big corporation, the insurance company and all that stuff. Our campaign is 100% people powered because when you're funded by people, then that's who you're beholden to. And I love what you said about being in touch with your constituents. Like if he really understood that a lot of his constituents have made this investment to ban it means that they lose that investment. And a lot of kids and a lot of people under the age of 35 have invested in Bitcoin and people should have the opportunity to make their own investments. That's why financial literacy is so imperative. So people can decide what is best for them. And don't get me started on banking. I mean, the banking fees alone have kept people in poverty. And that's an injustice in and of itself. Look, during the pandemic, they wouldn't even waive the fees. All right, Bitcoiners, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor. This show is brought to you by Ledin.io. I have been super, super impressed with the guys over at Ledin. I've actually known the co-founders, Adam and Maurizio, for a very long time. I've had the pleasure to watch them build Ledin up from a tiny, tiny startup to now a super impressive institutional grade Bitcoin and crypto lender. Y'all, I'm so impressed with these guys. They are offering some of the best rates out there. I don't think anyone even comes close to touching them. You can get 6.1% APY on your first two Bitcoin that you deposit into Ledin interest accounts, and you can get 8.5% on USDC deposits. I mean, I know all the competitors. They're not even close. If you're going to put your crypto and your Bitcoin into an interest account, Ledin is by far the best. And on top of that, like I said, these guys are hardcore Bitcoiners and they know the products and the services that Bitcoiners want and appreciate. They come up with B2X. It allows you to put your Bitcoin in, they leverage it up, and you can, with one click of the mouse, get twice the exposure to Bitcoin. So if you're super bullish, Ledin has you covered with a super, super easy way to get leverage with B2X. And then on top of that, they know that Bitcoiners care about your reserves. They know that Bitcoiners don't like under-reserved and not full-reserved financial institutions. So they are pushing the frontier in transparency in the digital asset lending space. And they are the first digital asset lender to do a full proof of reserves and proof of attestation through a Mariano LLC, a public accounting firm. So the letting guys, they know what Bitcoin is like. They are legit. I encourage you guys to check them out. Do your own research and go to ledin.io. That is L-E-D-N.io and learn more. Bitcoiners, I want to tell you about the Deep Dive. The Deep Dive is Bitcoin Magazine's premium market intelligence newsletter. This is a no-fluff, 
hard-hitting, incredible newsletter going deep into the market, helping you understand what's happening with derivatives, what's happening on-chain, what's happening in macro, what's happening with the narrative, and what's happening with the tech. My man, Dylan LeClaire, is an absolute savant. He is making his name known in the Bitcoin community, getting shout-outs left and right, getting on podcasts left and right, and him and his team are bringing you everything that you need to know about Bitcoin. You don't even have to be on Bitcoin Twitter. You can ignore every other newsletter. This is the newsletter to rule them all. Go over to members.bitcoinmagazine.com. Sign up today. And if you use promo code MACRO, you get a full month for free. You have nothing to lose. What are you waiting for? Sign up. See the incredible work that Dylan and his team are putting out. And if you don't like it, just unsubscribe. You don't pay a dime. But if you do, you know, it's going to be well worth the sats in investment in understanding Bitcoin and gaining the confidence to continue to invest in Bitcoin and making the right moves around Bitcoin. And it's going to be well worth every single Satoshi. Again, can't recommend it enough. That is members.bitcoinmagazine.com, promo code macro. Do it today. Well, no, you're completely right. And we don't have to get into the macroeconomics of it. But long story short, the way the system is currently set up is not to help the everyday person. Why are people around the world unbanked? It's not because the money system doesn't necessarily work. Cash technically banks those people. It's because the credentialing system, the banking system does not work. The people close to the areas of power. And, you know, I'm hopeful for, again, candidates like yourself that are open-minded again to new technology and new ways to spread that literacy. So I want to talk about, is there anything about Bitcoin in particular that intrigued you? You know, you mentioned having a good experience with advocates of Bitcoin, but like, what about it sparked your attention more specifically? I love innovation. I love new ideas. I'm a science teacher, so obviously I embrace it. But I think it was when a lot of the younger people on my team really step up. In the very beginning, they actually, when we were like early on, so you should accept Bitcoin. That was like a thing. Like, they're like, you should accept Bitcoin. I was like, oh, I don't know. And you do accept Bitcoin. I do. I do accept it now. But and initially I was like, no, I mean, that just seems like, I don't know. Like, I was just kind of nervous because of the FEC regulations and stuff. Because you're, I'm a new candidate. So I don't really, I didn't really know how it all works. And I just wanted to get myself situated with all the logistical things. But I think what really pushed me to take it more seriously was the young people. And they were so excited when Dennis reached out. And they're like, yes, finally. It was something that they were advocating for. And then when we were doing the research, we realized a lot of young people have made this investment. And so I think that's another reason why we have to push for financial literacy. So regardless of the investment they're making, they know how it works. And the fact that this is the one that they've chosen for their future, I find that to be quite interesting and extraordinary in and of itself. Well, I hope that there's a much needed wealth transfer from older generations to younger generations. I think from a demographic wealth perspective, we're way out of whack right now. Millennials are definitely getting the short end of the stick. And I think them being on board, being open-minded to Bitcoin as new monetary technology, hopefully it facilitates that a little bit. Can I share something else that I think is really important for the, the sake of this conversation? So yeah. I organized a diaper drive for a local food bank. And one of the girls, this girl that I know, she's my friend, she wanted to donate diapers. So I go and pick up the diapers from her. 
And she said, you know, Erica, I'm really glad you went against Brad on the Bitcoin because I am a veteran. I came back. I fell into homelessness. And she purchased Bitcoin early on and it actually pulled her out of poverty. That's amazing. It, it pulled her out of poverty. She's like, I actually was able to pay for the diapers with Bitcoin. No, she told me. There's so many incredible stories of Bitcoin changing people and companies' lives, hopefully politicians' lives. I hope you're holding the Bitcoin. I don't know necessarily what you're doing with that. So ideally, what I would love to do is instead of BitPay, move to the Lightning Network. But what happens is it converts right away. Hmm. So we can't hold that stuff. It just, once we donate to Bitcoin, it, it converts. So we definitely need to change that. And I'll talk to you about that offline. But Bitcoin can change an organization and a candidate. I truly believe that. And, you know, maybe this could be a war chest that really grows because you're holding better money. But I want to talk a little bit about like, let's pivot back to financial literacy and why that matters so much. What's the current state of financial literacy? You know, you're in education, you're working with young people, you're on the front lines, right? Like, What's the current state and like, why is this something that is your cornerstone issue? It's not being taught, really. It's not a priority. And just like I wrote in the article, we teach the, you know, these very broad topics, but we don't really do a deep dive into personal finance. And when I met with some kids from one of the high schools in my district, they didn't even know the difference between a debit and a credit card. And then I explained to her that you have to pay your credit card back when you make a purchase. She's like, oh my God, you have to pay that money back. That's terrifying. So that means that we're having kids graduate from high school, go into college where now they're targets for predatory lending and it puts them in debt immediately. And then now they're like working really hard to try to stay afloat if they can even get afloat. And that to me is an injustice in and of itself. Imagine if we made sure kids had an, a deep, profound understanding of personal finance, the way that that would set them up for their future. That's just a win. We would have a healthier economy. People would be able to make really wise investments. They would understand the value of home ownership. They would be able to understand how credit cards and the fees work and the interest rate, compound interest, retirement, all of those things are very, very important for young people to understand. And even when I taught second grade early on in my career, I had a class bank account and we had a class newspaper and all the sales from our newspaper, all the money that we raised went into our class bank account. And then when we read freckle juice, we did a freckle juice stand and all the money we sold from our freckle juice went into our bank account. And at the end of the year, we had a few thousand dollars and they understood keeping your money over time builds wealth. And that was just in second grade, I was teaching that principle. And so when I say you could teach it age appropriately, that's a really good example of like, it's very relevant. They could have an online newspaper and have the parents subscribe and then have, you know, steady money coming in for their monthly newsletter and have a bank account. And then they can learn savings that way. You know, you get what I'm saying? And we just have to decide that we care about the next generation. We have to decide that they're worth investing in. And in Congress, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I even think we should even have a Bitcoin caucus, possibly. You know, I talked to Reverend Wendy, who's also running for office in D.C., and we've talked about that because it is just such it's it's not going away. And so we have to find ways to really support and keep up with the times. 
Bitcoiners, I am so excited to tell you about the Bitcoin 2022 conference. You guys, Bitcoin 2021 was absolutely a smash hit success. It was over 13,000 Bitcoiners coming together, breaking the barriers on who can come together and celebrate freedom, celebrate Bitcoin, and the energy was absolutely electric. Unfortunately, it was just oversubscribed. There's just people flowing out everywhere. And this year we are learning, we are making the conference bigger and better. We are moving over to the Miami Beach Convention Center, and we are going to be throwing a massive four-day festival for Bitcoin, celebrating Bitcoin, bringing together the greatest minds in Bitcoin and the greatest businesses in Bitcoin. And lastly, the culture of Bitcoin all together. We have a four-day extravaganza planned for you guys for Bitcoin 2022. Day one is going to be industry day. It is a day where you can buy a special ticket in order to just mingle and make business deals happen. Day two and three is going to be a full-blown Bitcoin conference. This is our main conference. This is going to be on April 7th and 8th. And then lastly, we have the Sound Music Festival day four. Imagine going to Coachella, but for Bitcoin. There's going to be very few talks. It's going to be all about the culture of Bitcoin. It's going to be all about hanging with your fellow plebs. It is going to be an absolutely amazing time. There's going to be Bitcoin musicians, Bitcoin artists, and all your favorite Bitcoiners and just an amazing environment to party and just see it all, soak it all in, and to get people to realize that a Bitcoin world, a world filled with Bitcoin people doing Bitcoin things is the world that they want to live in. That's what Bitcoin 2022 is all about. That is what the Bitcoin conference is all about. That's what Bitcoin Magazine is all about. So it is going to be a celebration of Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners, and this amazing movement that is going to make the world a better place. Go to b.tc forward slash conference. Learn more about the Bitcoin conference. Learn more about all the amazing things that are happening in Miami around the Bitcoin conference and buy your tickets. And guess what? If you buy your bit tickets with Bitcoin, you save $100 on all the tickets and $1,000 on the whale pass. So if you want the VIP pass, the, the big kahuna, if you buy with Bitcoin, you save $1,000. That's a lot of stats. So Go and do it right now today. Don't wait. Prices are only going up. This is going to be a can't miss event. Before we get back to the episode, I want to tell you guys about Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin Magazine is the oldest publication covering Bitcoin, and we've been covering Bitcoin since 2012. Y'all, I'm so proud to be working for Bitcoin Magazine. We spend all day trying to scour the internet for the top news, the top plebs, the top subjects, conversations, everything that has to do with BTC, the asset, BTC, the culture, BTC, the revolution. We are here for it. We are here for BTC and BTC only. And we want to give back to the Bitcoin community. Hit us up if you want to contribute. And uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. Go uh, subscribe to this podcast. Go follow us on YouTube. All of the places that you can find Bitcoin Magazine, we are there. Instagram, Reddit, everywhere. We're there. We're there. Follow us for the best Bitcoin knowledge. Back to the episode. So the Bitcoin caucus, that's very interesting. Tell us more about some of the ideas of like, maybe you just point out areas in particular, I think that needs change regarding financial literacy and Bitcoin on the Hill, and then maybe some of your ideas. Well, one, we have to get away from trying to ban it. So if we had like, let's say a Bitcoin caucus, 
because there's people from all across the political spectrum that support Bitcoin. And so if there's a caucus, then we can educate and then the, we can bring Bitcoiners in and we can educate elected officials. Now, the last the amendment, that whole fiasco with this last bill and trying to push that amendment, that's where there was just a lack of understanding. How are you voting on something you don't understand fully? That to me is just is wild. So we had our a caucus so we can educate people. And so when they're casting votes or they're writing legislation, they can be more mindful of what they're putting in there. And I think that's really important. And then when it comes to financial literacy, it's the stuff that I just said, just basic understanding of personal finance, I think should be taught in schools. Like I personally want to serve on the Education and Labor Committee in Congress. And you better believe all the stuff I just mentioned is going to be stuff that I advocate for that we provide funding for these things. Amazing. So I guess my last question for you is, why should Bitcoiners support you? A beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that it's an international community. It is a cross-state community. It's, it's in every country of the world. So for once ever, like you have this whole community that's just rooting for folks who want to represent Bitcoin, financial literacy, personal decision-making and education. So I guess you've been talking about this whole time, but like why in particular should Bitcoiners support you? I want people to support me, not just because I stand with the Bitcoin community, but because I really care about issues and I really care about making a difference. I'm not a career politician. I'm 100% myself. And I really, really want to advocate for real meaningful change in Congress. I want to use my platform to make a difference. I want to pass legislation. I want to show and model what it means to be an actual public servant. And so I hope that people see me as someone that's authentic and cares and rational and able to work across the aisle and brings a new perspective to Washington, like support me because of that. I think that's what's missing is if everything is so like, party lines. It's like, yes, I might approach things differently, but we have to be able to respectfully agree to disagree, find common ground. And I am a fighter, you know, like I really care about the things that I care about. And you know what someone cares about, where they put their time in. And and I've been very intentional about learning more about blockchain and and Bitcoin because there's so much to understand, you know, and I feel like I really put in the time to understand it and to unpack the why people have gotten really into Bitcoin and stuff. And so I hope people see me as a supporter, but also a good person and someone that's really wanting to go to Congress to make a difference. And I know it's a long answer, but it's not just like a one sentence thing. And having people in Congress these days that just don't care or they're just doing what they're told and they're not independent thinkers, they won't go against the status quo from time to time, does not move us forward. We need people that have a spine that will stand up and not just do what the leadership tells them to do. You know what I mean? And and I think that's why things don't get done is that it's just about keeping power. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so having new voices is important. Awesome. Well, I stand by all of that and uh, happy to have you on the podcast. Happy to host your awesome article on Bitcoin Magazine. And I hope that we get some more of you. So um, there we go. There's a new one. You got two little cute kitties. I do. Well, hey, we got to get you stacking stats for the campaign the real way. And I hope that the Bitcoiners out there can reach out to you and support you in many different ways, including with some Satoshis. But do you have a moment to just kind of plug the best places that the listeners out there can learn more about you and your campaign? 
Yeah. So my website is Erica for Congress, A-A-R-I-K-A for Congress.com. And then my Twitter is Erica Rhodes and my Instagram is Erica for Congress. And just, I think this is important. Brad Sherman has a lot of his millions that he has and we're going up against him. So any donation, whether it's $5, $100, a max donation, doesn't matter. All of it makes a difference because if we really want to unseat him, if we're really serious about this, we definitely need to fundraise and make sure that we have a lot of money in our war chest to be able to go toe to toe with him. And also if you're available to phone bank for us, or if you live in California's 30th district and you're willing to door knock, all that stuff is a huge, huge advantage to us. You can DM me or anyone on my team or on my website. The emails are all there. But that is how we unseat Brad is by monetary donations and people actually helping us phone bake. Well, hey, I know that another way is to confront him face to face about his dismissal and aggressive behavior towards Bitcoin. Did you want to have like a message for Brad directly? If Brad and I get the opportunity to debate, which I hope that he does, because that is the right thing to do for the constituents in our district, I will absolutely bring up Bitcoin. And we need to work this out because the position in which Brad is taking is is not the one that reflects the interests of our district. So I would love to talk to him about it. Amazing. Well, I hope at the least you can maybe change his mind and make him take Bitcoin more unbiased and more favorably and and respect his constituents. Erica, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck over the next few months and keep crushing your day job as well as getting elected to Congress and helping out your constituents as a public servant. So until then, Bitcoiners, check out Erica. That's two A's. We'll put all of her links in the show notes. We'll put her article for Bitcoin Magazine in the show notes. And you better believe we'll be trying to get Erica to have a real conversation with Brad Sherman about financial literacy and Bitcoin and being a public servant. But until then, follow me at CK underscore Snarks. Follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine. Have a good one. Keep stacking stats. Peace. (laughs) 